This morning we want to talk about thankful or grumbling. I'll be the first to admit I grumble a lot. Don't look at Larry. He's shaking his head. He agrees. We headed to Kokomo on Friday. I had text family, and I said, hey, we're going to be there at 11 o'clock. It's about a two-hour drive for us with two little girls. And is 11 o'clock okay? Both said, yes, absolutely. Come on up. You know, all this. We get there at 11 o'clock. Nobody's home. They went Black Friday shopping. Two little girls went to get our car seats. I had a big cup of coffee on the way. I was needing to go in the house, you know. I wasn't a happy camper. I mean, I, I, it ticked me off, I have to admit. I did a little more than grumbling because I thought you knew we were coming, you know, and yet you couldn't be here. So I will be the first to admit that I grumble, okay? So this sermon is probably as much for me as for anybody this morning. It comes from the book by James McDonald, Lord, Change My Attitude. And I think a lot of us probably need to hear this because the attitude of thankfulness versus the attitude of complaining seems becoming more and more prominent today. And somebody said, and you'll hear this again, that we look at the blessings from heaven and we see that God has given us so much as what was in the promised land, but complaining will also leave us in the wilderness wondering about. You're going about that after a while. So the first thing I want you to see this morning in your outline is simply this. The attitude of thankfulness versus the attitude of complaining can make or break your life. It really can. Thankful attitudes come with the blessing of heaven, come with the blessing of a promised land of God, but complaining will leave you in the wilderness wandering about aimlessly with no joy, no contentment, and the struggle of wilderness living. But being thankful, when we understand this, will change our life and will change our perspective about life. There's a lot of things that make my day and things that don't make my day. Uh, Jim and I were talking earlier, a little bit of sunshine would help, wouldn't it? Uh, if the sun would shine just a little bit more the last few days, it would have made it a lot nicer, a lot better. But it's still okay. It's still part of the world in which we live. You see, you cannot complain when you are thankful. And you cannot be thankful when you're complaining. So think about that. You can't do both at the same time. The two mindsets are opposite of one another, and the other will dictate how your day will go. And a lot of it starts as soon as we open our eyes in the morning. Paul says this in Colossians 3.17. Paul says, And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Whatever you do in word or deed, he says, do it all in the name of the Lord. Philippians 2, 14 through 16 says this, do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like the stars of the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. And then I will be able to boast on that day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. Also like what Philippians says, Philippians 4. says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. 
Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, he says, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. One last one from the Old Testament, Proverbs 17:22 says this. He says, a cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. A cheerful heart is good medicine. And I truly believe it all goes back to what we think about to what we want to put into our minds and put into our hearts and the things that we do. Chuck Wendell said this. He says, the longer I live, the more I realize the impact of attitude on life. Attitude, to me, he says, is more important than facts. It is more important than success, than what other people think or say or do. It is more important than appearance, giftedness, or skill. It will make or break a company, a church, a home. He says the remarkable thing is we have a choice every day regarding the attitude we will embrace for that day. He says we cannot change the past. We cannot change the fact that people will act a certain way. We cannot change the inevitable. The only thing we can do is play on the one string we have, and that is our attitude. He says this. He says, I am convinced that life is 10% what happens to me and 90% how I react to it. And so it is with you who are in charge of your attitudes. 10% and 90%. H.A. Ironside said this. I don't know who that is. I didn't look him up. I just found his quote. He says this. We would worry less if we praised more. He says Thanksgiving is the enemy of discontent and dissatisfaction. Somebody else said this. No duty is more urgent than that of returning thanks. Gertrude Stein said this. Silent added gratitude isn't very much use to anyone. Meister Eckert says this, If the only prayer you ever say in your entire life is, Thank you, it will be enough. I like that one. One last one. Those of you who remember Doris Day, she said, Gratitude is riches. Complaint is poverty. Again, so true. You see, by giving us this command, by God giving us this command to give thanks, God is not rubbing salt in the wounds or calling us to set aside reason because I believe God knows that being thankful in all circumstances, he knows there's a catch there. He knows that we're human. He knows that all the things that happen to us, that yes, we as humans, as his children, are going to have this tendency at times to grumble. And you see, what God, I think, wants us to know is this. We need to approach life, and we need to live. We need to work. We even need to play with the right attitude and the right mindset because it does make all the difference in our day and for eternity. Attitudes impact us every day, either in a positive or negative way. I mean, is that true? I mean, would you give me that? That our attitudes impacts us in our day, whether positive or negative. And sometimes it can start out very positive, and it takes that one person, that one coworker, that one situation, and we hit it, and all of a sudden the attitude changes. And that one thing ruins just not our day, but it ruins our week a lot of times. Somebody said, every day when you arrive at your workplace, an attitude arrives with you. Our attitudes are like the perfume or cologne we are wearing. We smell the fragrance when we first put it on, but others smell it throughout today. And Paul reminds us that we have this fragrance of Jesus upon us. It's the attitudes that we wear and put on each day. And he says that we should smell like Jesus. 
The smells are associated with the fruits of the Spirit. You know, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That's the fragrance that we're supposed to have. And these traits should define our attitudes even when we're at work, even when we're out with people that may not know us, even when we're with family and friends. Paul says this, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. He says, against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. But he says, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. All those things we put on. Martin Luther reminds us that it is not God who needs our good works, but it is our neighbors that need our good works. He says a transforming truth must firmly grab onto this, that God is very much at work in our work. God is transforming us in our work and transforming the world through our work and what we do. So, having the right attitude makes all the difference in the kind of witness we are for the Lord. Think about that. Let that sink in for just a second. That our attitude... In other words, how we respond to what happens in the world, how we respond to that coworker, how we respond to that negative attitude from somebody else makes all the difference in our witness for God. And it can in so many days, so many ways. Many need to replace a complaining attitude with a thankful one. How many will agree before we move on that we complain a little more than we probably should? At least you're honest with me. I appreciate that. You know it's close to Christmas. You don't be on that bad list for lying in church. Good step. A little late in the year to start it, but okay. Barely late to never. That's right. You might get a little something. McDonald says this in his book. says, complaining is an attitude choice that if left unchecked, it will wither my capacity to experience joy and genuine thankfulness. It'll wither our joy. Case in point, Numbers chapter 11, verses 1 through 3. Moses is in the wilderness with the children of Israel, and it says this. Moses made a journal entry one day about the people. He says, now the people complained about their hardships in the hearing of the Lord. And when he heard them, his anger was aroused. Then fire from the Lord burned among them and consumed some of the outskirts of the camp. When the people cried to Moses, he prayed to the Lord, and the fire died down. So that place was called Tibera, because the fire from the Lord had burned among them. I mean, this journal entry by Moses tells us a lot about the people of Israel. Remember what happened? Save us, get us out of this slavery, you know, do all these things, and God did, and he put them in the wilderness, and they're traveling. And then they fall into this habitual complaining mindset. And by Numbers 13 and 14, this attitude of complaining, this attitude of ungratefulness to God causes them to be banished in the wilderness for 40 years. This is huge. Then in Numbers 14, 27, it is highlighted again by Moses that the problem was the people's murmurings. That they just kind of, you know what murmuring is, just kind of under your breath, you know, type of thing. And we were joking last Sunday with, with Russell and several people. I left here and saw that the attendance looked back. It was 99. You know, it's like one more. I said, did Junior count himself? Let's make sure Junior counted himself. I said, I'm sure a cat had to walk through here. We could count the cat, you know, get to that 100 mark. You know, 
And I, and truth, believe me, I wasn't complaining that we didn't hit 100. It's going to be great. I love it on all those kinds of things. But, you know, just that, you know, if I would look at that and gauge if my Sunday was successful on a number, it'd be completely wrong. You know, and I could have, you know, walked back to my office, you know, somebody, certain people wouldn't have been here, you know, I, I told Josh, if Allison and Betsy would have been here, we would have had 200. If Hardy and Sally wouldn't have been in Florida, we would have had over 100. You know, I could count seven or eight people that are normally here that wasn't for whatever reason, boy, if they were here, we'd have had one over, you know, and it's not that, you know, but we do kind of grumble and murmur, don't we, a little bit. It's kind of under our, under our breath, because we don't think anybody hears us. But you see, what God is saying is the result of complaining puts us into the wilderness. Think about that. When the people of Israel complained and murmured and did all those things, it says God put them in this wilderness for 40 years. McDonald says this, those who choose murmurings as their lifestyle will spend their lifetime in the wilderness. Someone else said this, it's in your outline. Those who are thankful find the promised land, while those who complain end up wandering in the wilderness. I think it's in your outline. Maybe it's not. But it needs to be. I mean, think about that. Those who are thankful find the promised land, while those who complain end up wandering in the wilderness. The truth is, even the children of Israel chose their attitude, and we choose our attitude. McDonald adds this. Nobody wants to be told your attitude problem is in the mirror, but it is, he says. Until we embrace as fact that the idea that we choose our attitudes, we will never be able to choose differently, and life will always be like that wilderness. So think about all these things. In case you look at this story as only the Old Testament way of God dealing with people who are complaining and murmuring, let's look at the New Testament. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10, 1 through 11, he says, warnings from Israel history. He says, for I don't want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers, that our forefathers, forefathers were all under the cloud, and they all passed through the sea. They were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They all ate the same spiritual food, drank from the same spiritual uh, rock that accompanied them, and the rock was Christ, it says. But nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them. It says their bodies were scattered over the desert. Now, these things occurred as examples to keep us from setting our hearts on evil things as they did. He says, do not be idolaters, as some of them were, as it was written. The people sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in pagan revelry. We should not commit sexual morality, he says, as some of them did. And in one day, 23,000 of them died. We should not test the Lord as some of them did and were killed by snakes. And do not grumble, he says, as some of them did and were killed by destroying angel. These things happened to them as examples and were written down as warnings for us on whom the fulfillment of the ages, ages has come. Did you catch the warning about attitudes? About how they reacted to different things? I mean, this story of the Israelites, this story in the book of Numbers, serves as a warning to us today not to follow the patterns and thinking and the attitudes. By the way, attitudes are patterns that we think over a period of time. It says don't conform to those things. So here's a reality check. Complaining is a sin even at work. Okay, complaining is a sin even at work. The word sin means that we miss the mark. 
or failing in regard to God's holy standard. And it just demands that we change this idea. So the truth about complaining is this. When I complain, I hurt myself first and foremost. So grab onto that. When I'm complaining, I hurt myself first and foremost versus what that I'm complaining about. So we're hurting ourselves. The response does not harm, does you harm, not good. Our complaining leads to anger. That complaining leads to bitterness. And yes, it can even lead to depression. You see, complaining is not supposed to be found in the Christian. It's just not. When I complain, I hurt God also. God is impacted by my complaining because in the complaining, I am saying to God, okay, big guy, you're failing at your job. Okay, God, you're blowing it. Okay, God, man, you're making a lot of mistakes when it comes to me and my life. In other words, we're telling God, God, you don't know what you're doing when we complain. In the process of complaining about circumstances and insulting God, I hurt myself more and more, and I can make God angry with my consistent and constant complaining. You see, complaining separates us from God, so I must choose to cultivate an attitude of gratitude. Also, when I complain, I hurt and injure the people around me. Yes, we will impact people with our toxic attitude of complaining. And it happens all the time when we look around. We will bring them down and cause them not to be around us. We do all these things. Sometimes we do it without even noticing. Again, McDonald says this. Those who choose complaining as their lifestyle will spend their lifetime in the wilderness. Complaining is sin that makes life like living in the wilderness. So let me give you a reality check. God is listening to what you say. How many here truly believe God hears your prayers? Do we? I hope we do. I mean, I really do. So if God hears our prayers, do you think he hears our complaining? I think so. I think so. If he can hear our prayers, because he knows what's on our hearts, right? Even before we do. So if he knows what's on our hearts, the good, he also knows the bad and the ugly. He also knows what's truly is there. If God can hear our prayers, he can surely hear our grumbling. I think the worst kind of grumbling is found in Numbers 11 when they were grumbling about their adversity. They were blaming God for everything that they were going through and not understanding that everyone has been entrusted with this measure of adversity. So another reality check, God hates our complaining. McDonald says this, and he has a thought alongside it. He said, God can both love us extravagantly and hate our sin passionately at the same time. God can embrace us and forgive us eternally, but judge us in the moment because our attitudes are not pleasing him. This concept may be a bit confusing to us, but it is perfectly clear to the Lord. He loves us and hates sin. And he says, both are true. And I believe that. God wants us to be good, positive witnesses at work, so complaining needs to be avoided. So, I mean, we're talking about work. When God sends us from this place on a Sunday morning, we go back into our world in which we live. You see, that's the kind of idea of work that we're talking about. Just not a place you go, draw that paycheck. But he sends us into this world to accomplish his will, to do what he asks us to do. So he sends us through this world to work. And we have to have that attitude. So here's an action step for us. 
We need to replace a complaining attitude with a thankful attitude. And the truth is, thankfulness is perfect replacement for complaining. Remember the story we talked about last Sunday about the ten lepers? Jesus is coming in Jerusalem, and these guys are standing off. They've had leprosy, and they've got body parts falling off, and they stink and all those things. They couldn't even get close to him, and they beg Jesus for a miracle. And Jesus walks over towards them and says, go to the priest, show your priest, and says, as they went, they were healed, but only one came back to say thank you. I think that's a story that is so relevant for today. McDonald points this out. He says, the point is, no one has an acceptable excuse for ungratefulness. Everyone can and make the choice to give thanks and acknowledge the goodness of the grace of God. He says, sadly, however, only a fraction of the human population ever personally thanks God for his grace. And this story makes it clear that Jesus knows who is thankful and Jesus knows who is not. He knows when we're thankful. He knows when we're not. The truth is, an unthankful or ungrateful attitude with God will always suppress the awareness of God in your life. By having that unthankful spirit or that murmuring spirit or that grumbling spirit, it will always suppress the awareness of God in our life. In other words, when we don't have that attitude of gratitude and we're not as thankful as we should be, we begin to forget the blessings that we do have. The roof over our head, the food that we have to eat, the place we get to worship, the family we call our church. You know, we begin to take all those things for granted. So what do we need to know from this message? I think we have to know that we either have this attitude of gratitude or we have an attitude of complaining or grumbling. It's one or the other. And you're going to sit here and say, well, I, I, I do both. You know, I'm, one day I'm good, one day I'm bad, you know, or maybe it's within the hour. But we have to know we have this attitude. We need to know that this truth because many believe it's okay to complain all the time and think there's no repercussion of having a bad attitude. Maybe sometimes we have to admit that. Maybe sometimes we have to understand that we think well, that's no big deal, you know. I'm going to give that waitress or waiter a hard time. I don't care what if they don't get my coffee here on time. You know, and that's okay. No, it's not. No, it's not. And I think that's what God wants us to understand. So what do we need to do? What do we need to do? We need to approach life with a good, positive attitude and not bad attitudes. But why? To reveal the presence and love of Jesus to those we work with, associate with, and connect with throughout our days and nights. So they can truly see Jesus through us. We need to cultivate thankful attitudes so we can have happy and healthier lives. The last thing in your outline is this. The best way to cultivate a thankful attitude is by being intentional in thanking God for his goodness each day and making a commitment to drive out grumbling. In other words, I'm going to tell myself I'm not going to do it. It's not going to happen. I don't care how tired I get. And trust me, I can get on the wrong side of that pretty quick. It's not hard a lot of times. And sometimes it takes me sitting back and saying, you know what, it's not all that bad. It's really not. And I look at it from a different perspective. My question for us this morning is this. What perspective are we looking at it from? What's the perspective we're seeing? 
Is it perspective from myself? Is it perspective from the world? Or is it perspective from what God's Word tells us and what God has truly done in our life? We're going to have an invitation as we always do. And I hope that we sit here and stand here in a second as we sing this song and just remember how thankful we can be what God has done for us. I mean, we're coming into the Christmas season that God sent His Son to live among us, to be born among us, to give us that example. And then, in a few months, we're going to celebrate Easter when God gave His Son to die for us so that we can have the forgiveness of sins, so we can have the hope of eternal life. Folks, if nothing else that we see today, we can be thankful for what God has done for each and every one of us. And He extends it to all of us.